Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you've clicked on this episode, you know the title is, Is Weight a Symptom? This is something that we hear a lot around coming to us about like, well, I have extra weight on me, or I need to lose the weight, I need to do this thing because, or is this the cause of something else, or is this the sign that something else is going on? And me and Dana really wanted to talk about this because we, one, feel like being in the integrative world, this is something that is so unbelievably dangled and talked about all the time. But first, before we do that, we want to paint a little bit of a picture for why we tend to believe that weight is a symptom. So first of all, if you feel like weight is a symptom, you might be listening to this and say, I hate them now. (laughs) How can they say this? Um, I don't agree with it. But hear us out. Listen to the whole thing. And I think you're going to see that it is complicated and there's a lot of layers to it. But let's all first start off with painting a little bit of a picture. Because for our entire lives, we are drilled in with the belief that weight is the cause for literally everything. If we have poor health, if our lab markers are off, if we have difficulty sleeping, if we're snoring, if we have stress, if we're fatigued, if we're unhappy, it's our inability to find our partner. Partner, It's literally everything in our lives. So it makes complete sense, given that narrative, that we look at weight as a symptom because it's the problem that will fix everything. And that's just not the case. It's way more complicated than that. And oh yeah. So let's let's start off there that we're automatically going to think that weight is the problem instead of the other things and that this is a symptom of something bigger. Yeah. Just because of that narrative. So we want to really investigate this from a couple of different perspectives, right? Because you hear this from the traditional medicine perspective, you hear this a lot in like the functional and integrative world. And we want to examine the validity of those, right? And then see how do we look at this from a more wholehearted eating perspective, right? And the interesting theory is like, we're not 100% disagreeing with that weight is automatically a symptom like it's there are certain circumstances where large weight fluctuations over a short period of time might be a symptom that there is something deeper going on right that is a data point right but what we are saying is we need to stop this like symptom blaming of weight being the cause and problem of everything right because that really is what you see most of the time in the traditional medicine world and in the functional medicine world right like in the traditional medicine world it's like oh well you know i mean everybody knows this. we talk about it all the time in the podcast if you go into the doctor's office and you have gained any weight since the last time you were there or you just happen to inhabit a not very tiny body they're like oh well if you have this health problem 
it would probably be have you thought about losing weight like wow no never thought of that before you know and weight is constantly blamed for everything and then there's the other piece too of like even if your blood markers are stellar and you don't have any symptoms and you do inhabit a larger body and they're like well everything looks fine but like there's this undercurrent of, but it can't be fine because you're not skinny, right? So there's always, going back to what Christina said, there's always this assumption that weight is a problem that needs to be solved and weight is a cause of a lot of these different problems, especially in, you know, the functional and integrative world when we're diving deep into all these different symptoms and looking for the root cause. So many times weight is tied to that root cause it's like oh well you you have PCOS because you're in a larger body or oh you know you have this because you've gained weight and so we're blaming weight for everything and what we're saying is that's lazy that's not (laughs) what the real answer is because while weight may be a symptom that there is something deeper going on it's not always a symptom, like most of the time it's not, right? And so what we want to do as more functional practitioners who practice from a non-diet health at every size approach is what is the actual root of the symptoms that you're experiencing? And we don't always look to weight as a symptom, right? If weight is the only quote thing that you have going on and you don't have any other symptoms, it's not a symptom, Because if there was truly something wrong at the root cause, whether it's a gut bacterial imbalance, it's a hormonal imbalance, it's, you know, whatever, all of these other things that we talk about on the podcast, it wouldn't just be weight that was showing up. There would be a lot of other things that are coming up as well. You know what's interesting that I also want to point out to you in addition to this, that I think one of the things that kind of drives home it's not always the case and it's most likely not the case of a symptom is because we don't consider weight loss as a symptom. We consider weight gain as a symptom of something else. And more likely than not, weight loss is more of a direction of something going on that can be really dangerous, like cancer, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or different types of things that can happen as a result. Anemia, think malnutrition, um, Crohn's disease, so many different things that can come as a result of, of losing a significant amount of weight in a, in a short period of time. But we don't look at that. That's not a symptom. That's a praise. By we, you mean traditional medicine doctors. Traditional medicine doctors. I mean like not culturally, us. <laughs> not us. I look at that like when I say the we, I mean the collective. The royal we. we. <laughs> the royal we. Instead of looking at it from that. So I think that in and of itself kind of tells and paints the story a little bit that shows only some type of weight is a symptom, not all weight is a symptom, or at least we don't like to admit that all weight is a symptom. And so that that can also be a symptom of something else that needs further investigation. And I think that is what makes it so, to me, so egregious to use weight as a symptom, especially as a practitioner and as a medical professional, because if we're not looking at all forms of weight fluctuations as part of that narrative, then you're missing the big picture. And then it's just flat out weight stigma. Mm-hmm. Unless you're looking at them equally, right? If you, if someone comes to you as a practitioner and they like, they're like, I've lost or gained 40 pounds in the past month, that's a symptom that there is something going on, right? 
But if you go to a practitioner and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, say you're on the loss side. Oh my gosh, you look so great. What have you been doing? <laughs> I just have an eating disorder. It's fine, you know. But if you are on the other side, it's, oh, I've gained, you know, 40 pounds. I mean, yes, in in one light, we are on the same side. The practitioners are on the same side in that conversation. That is a symptom. That's a very short period of time to have gained that much weight, right? But they're looking at it and their lens that they're coming through, again, like Christina mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is weight is a problem that needs to be solved. But in particular, weight gain is a problem that needs to be solved. Weight loss is not a problem that needs to be solved because they view weight loss as basically the lock and key to fix everything. When we know it does, that's not the reality. Yeah, and I think it's important, like even from like a, a slight personal story, is this happened to me postpartum um, where I lost a ton of weight my appetite didn't change. I had a, I had a, like, I was eating a lot. I was really trying to eat and I was actually genuinely kind of scared and no one cared about it. I went to various practitioners and no one seemed to care about that. (laughs) You know, no, no one cared about it at all. Um, and then when it swung in the other direction, then everybody started asking, everyone started asking questions about it. And I think that's where you kind of see, like, I was worried. I was worried about why is this happening? And I think one of the main things too is Nothing in my life had changed, you know, like nothing, you know, I think that's another layer of it too. And I'm going to move on from the personal story, but I'm just using it as an example. Like you can go, I think another layer of it too, to kind of pinpoint why, what Dana's talking about with the fluctuation swinging in both directions over a short period of time is especially important to note and especially can point to something deeper going on when nothing else has changed. Like that's a huge indication of, hey, nothing else in my life has changed. I didn't all of a sudden get an eating disorder and lose all this weight. I didn't do all these different things or I didn't I didn't have a, an eating disorder and gain all this, te- all this weight. There's all kinds of different stuff that are going on. I don't know why this is happening, but this has happened. And that is an indication of maybe we should look a little deeper, right? And a condition can cause weight fluctuations. But weight fluctuations aren't necessarily an indication of a condition. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But that's how I look at it. Like it, there's correlation between stuff, but not necessarily the causation. And that's a huge common misconception that weight itself will cause different disease processes, especially ones like cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And that's where the medical weight stigma really plays a huge role because they use weight as a cause of disease rather than a correlation. And so instead of looking at the other contributing factors, they say that you're that you need to get your weight under control and that everything will be that everything will be resolved. And that they assume that the reason why you have cardiovascular disease or diabetes, if you are in an elevated BMI, is because you're not taking care of yourself or that you don't have the lifestyle factors. And that's all assumptions. So in that case, to me, the weight is not a symptom of something that's going on. There might be a correlation, potentially, or not at all in your case, and it's highly individualized. So a lot of things don't get taken into consideration when looking at what is contributing to some of these health factors that you have going on. So instead, we use the body, we blame the weight, and we assume if we lose weight, all of these things will magically go away. 
but I've had clients who have lost weight and still have diabetes, you know, so it's not the same. It's not, that's not how it works. So, right. I mean, if, if that was the case, explain to me why people that are in the underweight category for BMI still get diabetes and still get cancer and still get heart disease and still get all of these conditions that have a quote correlation or causation with weight. It just doesn't make sense. I think PCOS is a really great example of that too. I did want to talk about PCOS. So, okay. (laughs) I want to talk about two examples that a lot of people in this audience deal with or have heard of where you have definitely heard that there is a high correlation with weight, which basically means if you gain weight, it definitely is correlated with this condition. PCOS and hypothyroidism, right? So let's use PCOS first, right? PCOS on one side, a lot of people talk about how PCOS is related to blood sugar and insulin resistance, right? So going another level deeper, there's a lot of, in the research, there's a larger uh, correlation between elevated BMI and insulin resistance, right? So then they draw the assumption that, oh, If you have PCOS, it's because you're in a larger body. And therefore, if you lose weight, it will fix your insulin resistance, which will fix the PCOS, which is not true. So PCOS in particular is a really good example of what we're talking about today because I don't quite remember what exactly episode number we talked about this on, but there's a lot of different types of PCOS. There is insulin-resistant PCOS, there's inflammatory PCOS, and there's really like adrenal-motivated PCOS, which is causing a lot of these other issues, right? If you have any of these types of PCOS, the nervous system is a huge piece of the equation because of the relation between cortisol and blood sugar and how it causes your blood sugar to go crazy, which blood sugar is a big piece of PCOS. But what they don't talk about is how the constant stress of either trying to figure out your health, trying to figure out how to lose weight, go low carbohydrate, do all of these things that people are trying to do to get their PCOS out or under control is causing their nervous system to be in a constant state of fight or flight with its further creating more blood sugar dysregulation, which is making your hormones and your PCOS symptoms worse. So here's just one example, right? Of like weight is not the problem here and weight, losing weight is not going to fix your PCOS, right? So going back again to the medical weight stigma and everything of we look at weight as a symptom because we look at weight as a problem that will fix everything. If you quote fix the weight, it's still not going to fix your PCOS, That's just one example. And we could go on a whole like graduate level school, (laughs) graduate school level course on this, but that's just one example. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what's so frustrating is when we talk about wanting to identify root cause is that's not a root cause approach to identifying what's going on with your health and why these factors are playing a role and why you're having the symptoms that you're having. You know, I I had an interesting conversation with a client of mine earlier this week around how they were expressing how their body felt heavy and sluggish. And I said to them, your body doesn't feel, your weight doesn't feel heavy and sluggish. You feel heavy and sluggish. You can feel heavy and sluggish at any size. 
And that doesn't mean that just because you lose weight, you're all of a sudden going to feel so much better. You can feel completely depleted and sluggish. And so a lot of times we really don't, we like to blame the weight for how our body and how we are feeling instead of looking at the body as my body's trying to tell me something, what do I think I need to do? And we're just not given the tools in the traditional and quite frankly, even in the functional medicine um, paradigm in order to support the tools that we need to listen to our body and identify, why am I feeling sluggish? Why am I feeling tired? Especially, I really love, and I hate to sound kind of like anti-integrative medicine because I'm not. I really believe in I really believe We're in just it. anti some of the ways that they go about practicing the integrative medicine. Totally. I just want them to remove all of the weight stigma and leave the lifestyle factors and all the health promoting behaviors and then be done with it. <laughs> I wish they could do that. Um, but we can't escape weight stigma for some reason. They can't do it. But I think one of the things that makes it really difficult is because someone will come and say, I'm feeling sluggish and tired, but everything will be fine in their labs and they'll be quote unquote perfectly healthy, you know, but they might have extra weight or something. And then the practitioner will say, well, there must be a reason for why you're feeling sluggish. It's probably your weight. It's probably this. And it's like, well, no, maybe it's because I have an, uh, I'm caring for an ill family member and I have two jobs and I have a child at home and I'm, you know, all the different factors that could be playing into the, the footprint for why any woman feels sluggish and tired, or maybe they're dealing with depression and it's not their weight. Losing weight's not going to solve every condition either. So I think that's another important thing to note too is that a lot of times we'll look to this as a blame and as the resolution and that's not how that's not root cause approach and I call it like low low hanging fruit if a doctor tells you to lose weight roll your eyes and move on <laughs> like, honestly that's so low hanging to me like oh, that's that's a really great solution doesn't solve the problem it doesn't solve the problem. And again, it's also lazy because that's not a root cause, right? And this is what really makes me mad about the functional and integrative approach and the way that some people practice it, right? They're like, oh, we're going to the root cause of your health. But then they're like, weight is the root cause of your health. It's like, no, it's not. It's absolutely not, right? So I do want to give another example because I mentioned hypothyroidism, right, of talking about where weight may be a symptom in this case, right? But losing weight is not going to fix the health condition, right? So with hypothyroidism, just a refresher, hypothyroid is when your thyroid is under-functioning, hyperthyroid is when it's over-functioning, Hashimoto's is the autoimmune component of this, right? Where when in response to a trigger, your body attacks your thyroid, which impacts your thyroid output, right? So with hypothyroidism, when we don't have enough thyroid hormone, the thyroid is the body's master endocrine gland. I think of it like the engine. It's the engine of the car. So if it's getting underput, then we need to, it won't have the gas it needs in order to function fully. That's how I always look at it. So when we're looking at the master endocrine and master metabolism organ, if this is under functioning and nothing else in your you know, life or lifestyle has changed, you may gain weight as a result of these hypothyroid symptoms. But then what a lot of the quote solution is, if you lose the weight, it will fix the thyroid symptoms, which is Wrong. not true because 
a lot of the practices that are advocated to lose the weight, especially for people with hypothyroidism, again, lights up their nervous system, activates their chronic stress response, which is going to prevent you from being able to lose any weight. And it makes your thyroid underperform even more. So it's going to make your symptoms worse. It literally digs a grave, guys, because what it does then is if we're following most weight loss advice to cut calories, and that's mainly the thing that they're going to tell you to do, is to cut calories, cut major food groups, you literally are telling your thyroid that you're going into a famine mode and then it shuts down. So you're taking something that's already low and under functioning and saying, hey, I don't need you anymore. I'm not providing for you anymore. So you can literally shut down the engine altogether and go into neutral. And really, it's the opposite that you need to do in order to help hypothyroidism is to nourish more, support more, give the thyroid more in order for it to get the get the gist of, hey, I'm needed. I need to turn on and support the body. So if you do, if you have hypothyroidism and a doctor or someone tells you, oh, we're going to go on this 1500 calorie diet, you're going to do this stuff, run, run like hell because they are literally digging you further and further into hypothyroidism. And the same case for adrenal fatigue, right? I can't, I was telling Christina like a couple of weeks ago, I literally have an entire folder on my Gmail of people who email me about how do I lose weight with adrenal fatigue. And every single time I respond, if you continue to try to lose weight by cutting calories and over-exercising and basically all of the things that you've done to get here, you're going to dig yourself deeper and deeper into this hole because the body doesn't feel safe and it's going to continue to gain weight because that is the body's safety mechanism. It's trying to hang on to everything that it has. You know what else we haven't mentioned yet that I think we need to talk about is the whole concept of weight resistance. Oh, I know Dana's rolling her eyes, guys. You guys weight can't loss see it. resistance. So I think we need to talk about it briefly because I think it's really relevant, especially with adrenal fatigue and hypothyroidism and thyroid disorders and things like that. Because there's this concept around weight loss resistance that you need to get to the root cause. And this is, you'll see this a lot in integrative practitioners coming through and saying, oh, I'm having difficulty with weight loss resistance. So what do they do? How do they, they test help you your get leptin? They test your thyroid. They test all these things. And when they find that none of these markers are out of balance, they're like, well, you just have weight loss resistance. Uh huh. And? And then they'll tell you to do caloric restriction, nutrient restriction, heavy exercise, digging you deeper into that adrenal mode, putting more pressure pressure on your nervous system, putting more pressure on your thyroid to, for it to be suppressed, and then it happens even more. And instead of saying, hey, you look like a healthy, happy individual, perhaps that's why. Maybe your body doesn't need to lose any weight. Maybe there is no deeper quote unquote symptom or root cause. Maybe your body is just this size. Or maybe you're just under eating. So you're in a <laughs> yeah. constant state yeah. of fight or flight. So your body doesn't feel safe. I want to give a little bit of a like a lab work example of this specifically about the thyroid, right? So even with functional medicine practitioners, most of the time you're not getting a full thyroid panel, right? You're usually on blood work, you're usually getting TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. Maybe you're getting T4, right? Okay, little bit of a high level thing on the thyroid. 
TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, is basically like a thermostat, right? It's getting the read on your body of how much thyroid hormone do we have floating around? Do we need more? Do we need less? You know, what's going on, right? So the TSH number is basically a measurement of how well your body thinks you are doing with producing thyroid hormone in circulation. T4 is one of your thyroid hormones. It's actually the inactive thyroid hormone. So T4 measurement doesn't really tell as much because the active form of thyroid hormone is T3. You convert T4 to T3 and T3 is the one that actually matters and does all the things. If you are in a chronic state of under eating or undernourishing, whether intentional or not, right? There's a big difference here is intentional under eating we would say would be like dieting, right? Noom. <laughs> intentional undereating, you know, all these different diets and stuff. Unintentional undereating could be you don't know how much your body actually needs right now, or maybe you're in a really big state of stress and you just can't eat, or maybe you're depressed, or, you know, all of these other things, right? Unintentional undereating, or over exercising, or you're in a state of chronic stress, or whatever. When all of that is happening, the body, like Christina was saying, is like, whoa. Um, we are going to need to pump the brakes here on the thyroid because we can't afford to have our metabolism burning all this energy at the normal rate because there's too much stuff going on. We can't do this. So there's another marker that comes in that's called reverse T3. This is the brakes. This is elevated in cases of chronic stress, under eating, over exercising, just any, any kind of stress, right? And the crazy thing about this is, and this will come back to the beginning, I promise, the higher that your body is like, whoa, we need to pump the brakes, we're at like a level 10, that will suppress your thyroid stimulating hormone. So you might get your thyroid run with that hormone to see, okay, how's the thermostat doing? But if your stress is too high, it's going to be like, whoa, thermostat, we can't, you can't tell us to make more thyroid hormone because we don't have the raw materials for that. So on your blood work, your TSH looks fine when really things are hitting the fan. <laughs> and yet you have all the symptoms. So this is where they say like you have all the symptoms of thyroid, but it's not showing up on the data in the data point. Another thing too that Dana mentioned about, about the T4 situation too and how that's the inactive form you could have a lot of the inactive form and that doesn't mean that it's converting into the active form. So seeing the T3 really helps put the whole picture together of is the are the levels of my T4 able to convert to T3? And if they're not able to convert to T3, then I'm not going to be stimulating my thyroid and therefore the engine is going to shut down. And that's how it works, guys. <laughs> now that I'm actually thinking about this, so our guest from last week, Amanda, who's Hormone Healing RD, the last time she was on the podcast, we talked a lot about this and she had a graphic that she gave me. I'll put it in these show notes as well and we'll put it on the Wholehearted Eating Instagram so you guys can have, if you're more of a visual learner, this will help a lot because we know there's like a lot of different steps here and we're getting like very biochemical. But basically the short end of it is if you are too stressed, from no matter what is going on, physical stressors, mental, emotional stressors, biochemical stressors, aka symptoms and different disease processes that are going on in the body, it's going to suppress your thyroid function, which makes your thyroid look, quote, fine on blood work. So then they're like, well, your thyroid looks okay, so it's probably just the weight. And again, yeah, and then, it's and not. And they tell you to lose weight, and then it keeps going in there. And then you get diagnosed with weight loss resistance, 
and then they assume that there's something else going on and the cycle continues. And this is where it becomes so frustrating because again, we're blaming the weight for something else that's going on in the body instead of looking at the weight as just weight. (laughs) Like it's just your body's gravitational pull. Sometimes it can tell us a little bit of of a piece of a story, but it's never the whole story. We like to act like it's the whole story, but it's never the whole story. It can be a piece of a puzzle of a small piece of a puzzle in some instances. And rarely in most of them. Here's something to think about too is even if weight is a symptom of something that's going on, losing that weight will not fix the cause of that symptom because it wasn't the weight that caused all of this dysregulation or inflammation or whatever is going on in the body in the first place. So going back to the case of hypothyroidism, right? If you gain weight as a result of, you know, your thyroid underfunctioning for whatever reason, there's a lot of different reasons that that can go on. Losing that weight alone is not going to fix the hypothyroidism. And another thing that we haven't talked about yet is when people are working on, this is more from a functional medicine perspective, right? Is when people are working on all of these different root causes and, you know, symptoms and things, we commonly think, okay, if I fix the problem, if I fix the hypothyroidism, if I fix the gut disorder, if I fix the whatever, I'll automatically lose the weight. And then we use the weight as a barometer of healing. And then we think, well, wait a minute, like, my gut's a lot better, I'm sleeping a lot better, like my hair's not falling out anymore, you know, all this other stuff, but I still haven't lost the weight, I must be doing something wrong. There must still be something else going on. When really most people, if you're coming from a long history of chronic dieting or disordered eating or anything like that, weight gain is a necessary part of healing to bring your hormones and your body and your nervous system back into balance. And that is is a really hard thing to accept. You are not failing at healing or failing at recovery because you have gained weight. Amen. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking the whole time, like, oh, we have to talk about how it's not the barometer either. And one thing that I said to a client of mine, and this was a while ago, and we don't give weight loss the celebration for all of the lifestyle and behavior factors and all of the work that you do in order to recover from the deeper things that might be going on. It is, that is not to celebrate. This What the celebration is, is how you have changed your life, how you feel better, how you have more energy, how you're feeling more, having more vitality and all those types of things. So even if you lose weight, that doesn't mean that everything else is now solved and that that's what you were that that's the barometer for success. And I think that's so important to remember, don't give weight loss the credit. Yeah. And you know, here we're not again, we're never here bashing on people who want to lose weight or anything like that, right? This is a very we'll meet you where you are type of space. And This isn't to say that with some health conditions, right, if you, you know, get that to a more balanced place, your body size might fluctuate, right? 
But again, it might fluctuate either way or it might stay the same. But we can't use that as a barometer of success or recovery or healing, right? Because that, again, goes back to the same weight stigma that we're looking at on the other side of this conversation of viewing weight gain as a symptom and viewing weight gain as a problem, but praising weight loss. It, if you lose weight, that doesn't mean that you fixed your hypothyroidism. It doesn't mean that you fixed your gut conditions. It doesn't mean that you fixed whatever. And if you gained weight, it doesn't mean that you failed at fixing it. And I think this is really, really hard for us to wrap our heads around given our cultural conditioning that we hear all of the time from the functional medicine world, the traditional medicine world, that just our culture in general, that inhabiting more space is bad. And all of the negative, judgmental connotations that go along with that. So of course it makes it really hard when you think you're healing and you're working on all of these things and you're optimizing your, you know, your health and everything like that. You're like, well, wait a minute. If I'm optimizing my health, I shouldn't be gaining weight because gaining weight is unhealthy. If that is still part of your thought process, we have more of the mental and emotional heavy lifting to do, right? And again, we're always approaching this and that conversation from a mindset of curiosity rather than judgment, right? We don't want you to think like, oh, well, now I'm failing at the mental emotional piece because I still (laughs) think weight gain is bad, right? That's just another layer that we need to unpack and figure out where that's coming from so that if you are actually recovering and your sleep is better and your hair is not falling out and your digestion's better and your energy's better and all of these other markers of health and vitality are You're better, yeah. if you still have a but I haven't lost weight, that's a, okay, well, why do I think weight is still a problem? Yeah. Why do I feel so uncomfortable in my body? You know, I think those are the types of questions that we, we need to then start to navigate and dig deeper into and why do I... What do I hold my body to such regard? What do I think my body is telling other people about how I fit in the world? Those are the types of things. And those are really, really fucking hard questions to answer. Like They're really hard, especially with the cultural conditioning we have, the weight stigma, and even more so when we are in a larger body or in a larger body and trying to navigate this, when literally everyone and every step that you go to are telling you it's not good enough yet. And the truth is your body doesn't have to change for you in order to, 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 to work on all these different things and to feel really good and to do all this stuff. And I think another, like, that's just, I don't know, it's just so complicated And it's so important to then realize when we get to that space, when we're having the recovery and we're feeling really good and we're starting to really see a difference in the way that we feel overall, but we're still kind of have this pang of, oh, but I wish I was smaller, you know, that's okay. And you might never feel like you have this euphoria of quote unquote body positivity that's out there. But what Dana and I talk about a lot, that's one of our major pillars of wholehearted eating, is that you don't have to be body positive. We can be body neutral. And that's a completely different place to be. And so I think it's just really important to to acknowledge that and say, maybe that's not going to be the end goal for me to be able to say, oh, cool, like, Um, this is like, I'm cool with this and whatever, and it's uncomfortable and it's different. And how do we navigate that? And how do we support ourselves and support that, that piece of us that is grieving in a lot of ways, the lie that we've been sold for so long. 
And that makes us feel that if we don't lose weight, or if we're not smaller, or we don't fit into the BMI that that someone's telling us that we need to be, then we're not healed and that there's something else going on. Your body's not broken because you have extra weight on it. What is extra weight anyway? I know, right? That too. That's a whole other thing. Where the hell did that term come from? It comes from BMI. And so whenever someone says that to me, like extra weight, like what does that mean? Extra to what? More than you're used to? More than you've been told is acceptable? Where does that fit in? And how do you know? Your body knows. Your body knows exactly where it needs to be and how to thrive when given the tools and the support to do so. And that's not extra. <laughs> Instinctually, yeah. So I love And that. on a regular basis, right? This, again, this doesn't happen overnight, right? I always tell my clients, when you get to a place where we have gotten to the actual root cause of your symptoms and been working on those for a while and you finally aren't having these GI issues every day and you don't feel like you're so burned out that you're going to pass out if you don't eat in the next five minutes and, you know, we've been working on that for a while and you've gotten to a place that feels sustainable with the way that you eat and how you're moving and the sunlight that you get and the craziness of your job and whatever, your body's going to stabilize wherever it wants to be. That might be a very different place than you are used to, especially if you come from a history of heavy restriction or caloric or macronutrient management or managing your weight through intense exercise. And that reconciliation is really hard. And we understand that and we are here to provide space and say that's not easy. But what if that's the place that your body needs to be? How do we start accepting that? You know, and those are the larger, those are the bigger, larger questions that, that get unraveled and untangled literally thread by thread, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's really difficult and it takes a long time. And I just want to say to everybody who's listening, who's been going through, been going through the muck of all this, because it is some heavy muck walking through, healing through a lot of these things understanding what the root cause is, getting a a practitioner who has your back actually, like who's like really looking out for you in this way and then still feeling like it's not enough. We see you, like we see you hard and we totally get it. And that's why we wanted to talk about this today because we want so much for you guys to get a deep breath and a little bit of a sigh of relief of you don't have to change your body size in order to feel good. And it doesn't have to be anything deeper. It might just be your body. And I know that might be hard to hear for some people. And it might be really fucking liberating for others. And I really hope it's liberating. <laughs> and if it's not liberating, it will be liberating eventually. <laughs> <laughs> when you're ready for it, it when will be. When you're ready. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is such a complicated nuanced conversation I feel like we're just at like the trunk of the tree and there's so many different branches and stuff and there are so many different ways that we could take this conversation based on different questions and stuff so if you have questions if you agree or disagree with us like please shoot us an email we're happy to talk through it right we're never here to be like you are wrong right like if you have a belief about something we want to help you unpack that right because if you have an objection to this conversation you're probably not the only one right oh and my so gosh, yeah. 
you're definitely not the only one, let's be honest. <laughs> There's so, probably hundreds of you out there. <laughs> right, exactly. And we're not here to be like, you either have to agree with us 100% or you have to go on the other way on the highway. That's never what this podcast is about, right? So if you have a question, criticism, disagreement, whatever it is, shoot us an email, find us on the Instagram. We would love to have more of a dialogue around this conversation because it's really important to unpack this. Yeah, and you know what, guys? We're having a listeners' questions episode coming out in not a couple too episodes long from now. A couple, yeah. And so this would be awesome to get questions for. Send us a voice memo if you don't want to type it all out. If you want to rage text us, that sounds good too. Like whatever you need to do, we want to hear about it because I got to be honest with you. Me and Dana thought about this a lot before we recorded this episode because it is so complicated and. That that's the real the real crooks of it is that it is really complicated, and the real question that we want you to ask is how much emphasis should I be putting on it? Yeah, how much emphasis should I be putting on this? And the real reality is it's relative. It's relative, and it's case by case, not blanket. Like most things in what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we love to hang out in the gray zone and like to poke poke the holes in the the black and white thinking here with a lot of these things and you know sometimes the gray is not that popular but we like to talk about it. Send us your questions, send us your comments. We'll see you next week. I cursed more than Dana did this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I dropped bombs like left and right. <laughs> Hey friends, it's Dana, and thanks for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your family and friends, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and if you can, we would absolutely love it if you left a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps spread the word so more people can find the show and learn how to break out of diet culture, the body image spiral, and find a more peaceful relationship with food in their bodies with wholehearted eating. If you're interested in learning more about how you can work with me or Christina for one-on-one nutrition counseling or checking out our self-paced courses, head over to wholeheartedeating.com. And we'll see you again here next week.